Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. It was Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ on Tuesday the 24th of August. And we had some fun again this morning. We had Andrew Seabrook, the managing director at New Zealand Bloodstock, talking to us about how to buy the fast horses. He also recalled one of the famous races when the Kiwis served it up to the Aussies. And then we had Jim Kays who... Well, he talked us through the All Blacks and the evolving landscape that is the Super Rugby Championship and the Bledisloe and that fractured relationship between NZ, NZ Rugby Union and Australian Rugby Union. And then we had Zoe McBride on, who dived a little deeper into the physical and mental challenges that some of our athletes are facing. And as you, you were able to have a, a fantastic chat with Zoe, weren't you? Yeah, I loved my chat with Zoe uh, McBride. I loved her honesty, her bravery to come out and... Uh, talk about these topics that probably get left in the background. So we're making change, and her being honest and brave about it is helping with that change. So great to chat with her. And also, you're listening to Mike and Izzy for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Your health is the biggest priority, so please respect social distancing in-store at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Kia ora and good morning to all of Aotearoa. It is Tuesday the 24th of August and we're just after 6am in the morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis. Today we have another great show. We're going to talk a bit of racing, we're going to talk a bit of rugby. I was going to say beer and then we've really ticked off most of the things in New Zealand. But no, we're going to talk a, a few other issues as well. Mental health has been prevalent right across sport of late and we have Zoe McBride on to talk us through her her experiences in the last little while of that we also want to touch on a few other subjects as well and many of those are going to be quite interesting to get the views of our good friend Izzy Dag all the way from Aholka. Hello my friend Good morning Bears it's great to be back for another day of radio with my good mate my good team actually there's a lot of people in the background that do amazing work so yeah it's great to be back with like you said we've got some great topics to cover mental health I'm very very passionate about it and like I said yesterday I watched the show on Sunday Zoe McBride came on the show and her bravery her honesty uh the way she went about it uh just can't wait to have a chat to her later on and um Chew the fat and just get an understanding of, of the things that she went through. Uh, I felt like it'll probably resonate with a lot of people at home. And, you know, mental health is a big issue at the moment. We need to talk about it. We need to front foot it. And especially now within lockdown, you know, there'll be a lot of people at home that are probably struggling at the moment with a lot of uncertainty uh, with, with jobs, with uh, financial security, with uh, just a bit of what's happening in the future. So, Look, great to chat to her. We're going to chat rugby, uh, what's going on in, in the you know rugby championship. We've got a lot of things. Before we go there, mate, I had a great day yesterday. I had an unbelievable day at home. It was so good. 21 <laughs> degrees here, Bears. Not a brush of air fresh air, like no wind at all. 
It was unbelievable. And how good does weather make like you, you how does it how how much does it boost your morale when this when the weather's good, when the sun's shining, you know, getting the vitamins out and you're just out there soaking it up. Actually, mate, you wouldn't believe it. It's got a wee bit of a tan on yesterday. It was that hot. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing to get a tan, mate? Were you, you've got a pool. Were you just lazing by the pool? Or were you actually out there oh. on the tools doing a bit of manual labour? Mate, mate, what a silly question, mate. I was Harry Potter <laughs> yesterday. I was potting around like nothing. I was, um, what did I do yesterday? I, cl- oh, I cleaned the pool. Yeah, I cleaned the pool because, you know, kids, they, f- they think it's funny to throw every single thing in the pool. So you've got to go through and scoop it all out. So there's rocks, there's dirt, there's everything in the pool. So I was in there cleaning that up. Um, what else did I do? I just, yeah, went for a ride with the kids on the bikes, scooters. We were just mucking around in the sun. Um, oh, I actually nice. worked on that wedge game, Baz. You know the wedge game I spoke about a couple of weeks ago? So I've got yeah. an 82-metre little shot wedge game with my 54 degree. And, you know, I know everyone was taking, you know, having a laugh, taking the purse. You know, Phil Tatarangi gave me absolute nothing but <laughs> one bit of gold that Lydia Ko gave me. And I totally agree with this, is... Weight on the front foot. So yesterday I was practicing the shot. I was practicing my wedges and I was putting my weight through my front foot. And mate, was I compressing the ball or what? I was pumping. I was yeah. It felt so good. So come Saturday when South Island's out of lockdown, mate, and I'm playing golf and you're locked down, I'll send you a few videos. All right. Well, I'm pleased that one of the biggest guests we've had on the show, Lydia Co, could help your golf game out. I'm pleased that's where we ended up. <laughs> uh, perks, there's, there's little perks in this job, eh? And if, if that's one of them, then absolutely spot on. So when you were, the ball flight that you were able to generate because of that weight on the front foot, talk to me a little bit about that. Mm. Was it like a stinger, so, like yeah, a tight stinger? Oh, well, no, no, no. I was hoping I'd get to the stinger phase, but, uh, you know, I'm trying to... So I'm putting the ball uh, position on, on my back foot, and I'm and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to hit this nice little flat stinger, you know, a little draw on it, but no, nah, this this thing's still coming out high and uh, still getting a little off. So I'm just trying to tell myself, well, maybe it's just because I'm using a 54-degree wedge. So any golfers out there, it's still going high. Is there a reason for that? Am I still coming steep on it, or should I be coming around my body? I... Yeah, I don't know. But like I said, mate, I'm, I'm still hitting the ball, and it's, you know that sound? You know that sound when it goes poof? You know that little poof? That's what it's doing. That's what it's doing. So, <laughs> What about your lawn, then? The you just chuck, we're just chunking your lawn. Oh, I'll tell you what. The lawn's, um, yeah, it's it's like a driving range at the moment. It's got it's got a few chunks out on The wife's absolutely spewing. But I've, <laughs> I've said to her, like, we've just put the driveway in, and so we've need, we need to reshape this, our lawn, where I've started hitting it. So it's going to cause no problems. Uh, we're going to reseed it anyway. Um, so I've got a good little spot there. So, yeah, hitting some wedges, mate. What did you get up to at home, you sir? I heard you sold a few of your your pride and joys, mate. Oh, I tell you, I quite a... Well, when I say busy, I'm not going to be that bloke. Remember that old ad where, you know, like, the guy says, <laughs> what have you been up to? And he says, oh... You know, I mean, flat out, I think it was a DB draft ad or something. He said, oh, no, flat out. And then you hands to him in the toilet reading the paper. So then when he gets to, he reaches <laughs> over to grab his beer and he goes to drink it and it falls, like it just snaps off at the handle like he hasn't earned it. And then then the other fella comes in and goes, and the barman goes, so how's your day? He said, yeah, not too bad. And then it pans to him, <laughs> like backing up. He's driving down the highway in his truck and he's got a thing full of sand and there's the fire on the sideway. 
and he hooks off the off the highway and he like backs up and puts the fire out. You know, he's worked hard for it. And anyway, he goes to have his beer and then he, he he's able to drink it. And I think it was called hard earned. So I've always been yeah. very cautious about saying that I had a busy day. You know, I don't want to overplay my hand. I had, yeah, I got a couple of things done. You know, I kind of chipped away, yeah. ticked off a couple of things. I had to clean the garage, which was in a shambolic state. So that's one job mm. which I ticked off yesterday. I had to move um, a few beds around. As our kids get a bit older, older, you start to, you know, introduce. Well, obviously I got a temper bed, so so we and then we start trading all of our existing nice. beds back down through the family. So that that was a yeah. bit of a job for yesterday as well. And then, yep, um, just trying to recalibrate a little bit of my horse stuff, Izzy. Um, for those yep, out there that yep, don't yep, know, nice. I, I do breed thoroughbreds and and own a um, own a thoroughbred. Uh, nursery, shall we call it, um, where we spell our horses and also also um, have uh, broodmares. And, and we sold a couple of them yesterday. We did well. We sold them on Gabble House. And later on in the show, we've got Andrew Seabrook, who is the managing director of New Zealand Bloodstock, who also own Gabble House. So that's an online auction site for um, thoroughbreds and also standard breeds too because um, they, they run the New Zealand standard bread market as well so i sold a couple on there um so i listed them last week nice. i got some help from a couple of friends to to be able to um, take photos of them do the blurbs etc and then put them on and and we sold them we did quite well we we made some good money off them but you know it was really sad mm. like they've been kind of what's part sad? of, our, what's part of sad, us for Bez? a long time well you're gonna you're gonna say goodbye to these animals you know they've been a party for a long mm. time and you but circumstances change and the game's can be quite expensive so you just need to keep being able to generate checks on the way through to be able to sustain yourself in the game so that happened last night so i was having a little glass of red wine and just acknowledged we're a bit sad about the moving on but that's that's the game we're in um what else do we get up to mate uh let's took the kids for a bit of a walk while i was doing the doing the um the garage so when i say i cleaned out the garage i got we had this tree right this big hundred year old sort of tree out the front which fell down a couple of years ago so we got all of this firewood yep. and at the time i just threw it in the garage so yesterday i was like right i need to move it out of the garage into the woodshed so there was yeah probably about i don't know five cubic meters of of wood which needed to move so i had to move that by hand so i was a little bit stiff and sore last night i really I really enjoyed my first beer. Whether I earned it or not, I'm not sure. That's up to I think you that's have, up mate. to the, the I, I, beer gods to decide. I think you have. I think you have because uh like we're gonna chat about it later on. We got we got a list of jobs that we pretty much hate hate doing and cleaning the garage would probably be right at the top of my list at the moment. I've got a garage full of absolutely everything. I've got a big shed, but that's thirty metres away, so that's just a bit of distance between I need a you know. Uh, transfer these these things. So I've uh, I've saved it to another day, and today's probably the day I'm going to have to empty my shit out and start cleaning it. So, yeah, that's our list today. But we want to hear from you as well at home. Give us a, a text on double eight double three. We want to know your songs because yesterday it brought great vibes. We loved it. It brought great energy. So keep texting in those songs, the songs that you play during lockdown that bring good morale, good vibes. Give us a text on double eight double three because. Uh, we got a few more bangers throughout the show, haven't we, Bazzy? We do. We've got some good ones. And you being the flair guy, the music man, the one who's done, like, <laughs> raps and things on, you know, like, safety videos for our national carrier. <laughs> so you're, you can be quite good when it comes to bringing, bringing 
the musical side to uh, to our show. Plus, we've got Joe out the back, who's a musical genius as well. Kieran, who loves to dance, and, and Louis, who's got great rhythm and beat. And then we've got Trudy as well, who just is pretty much the voice of everything for us in New Zealand. We say the voice of sport in New Zealand is Ian Smith. Well, the voice of everything else in New Zealand is Trudy. Simple. Absolutely simple. Anyway, sorry, I just I get off on a tangent, sorry, is. Um, the other one we've got to speak to today, which is a very topical conversation, is talking the All Black stuff. And we've got Jim Kays on later on, and he'll have a good, mm. strong opinion on how the landscape is evolving within the All Black setup. One thing I do want to have a bit of a laugh about is, so mm-hmm. all this hoo-ha about, all this hoo-ha <laughs> about whether the All Blacks travel overseas and they're going to be away for months or everything, it's made like every day front pages, back pages, you've got opinion pieces, you've got all this going on, all across the radios, TV news, everything. Well, the old black cap slipped out of the country last night, didn't they? With no hoo-ha, no, no fanfare. They just, they just toddled off over to Bangladesh. Much different place to Perth, I might like to add. And they did it quite willingly. And they're going to get back at about December 23, I think. No fuss, no nothing. Oh. They went. Totally do. Oh, I love that. I love that from you when I just told you about 10 minutes before we go on the air that the Black Cats went bears. They were left yesterday. Then you're like, did they? And I was like, yeah. He's like, man, I'm going to get into these all blacks. You know? Look at them mucking around. They're only going to Perth. They're going to Perth to Cottesloe to have a Sunday session. They're going to go put their smoky snuggers on, mate. Yeah. The, the Bangladeshis are going over to get their shins um annihilated from these spin bowlers. So, you know, that's, yeah, that's the right. no, but, I mean, It was a fair, fair call from you, mate. You're right. Like, these boys are going over to Bangladesh next to a wall-stricken country, you know. Ah, oh, look, and, and New Zealand rugby are carrying on like this. So, look, hopefully today we get a bit of news and um, we get we can put an end to this uh, conversation about and just get some rugby happening. And, yeah, it's pretty... Pretty best, but you're right, mate. And Tom Latham actually had his. We had him on the show a couple of week, uh, about a week or so ago. He had his. He had a little boy, little Angus. I saw on his Instagram. So congratulations to the Lathams for their new arrival, and uh, he's he's off on a, on a on a wee tour now. He actually had it. They actually. Well, he didn't have it. Nicole, his his wife, had it um, <laughs> about five weeks ago. But when he put that thing on Instagram, he put the wrong date ah. on. So he put the he put August, yeah. and then I was like, "That's not right," because I knew. He, and I went back over my text. And I knew that old Angus was born the month before. So when he was on the show the other day, he mentioned about how he had, had they just had a baby as well. So then I went back yeah. into his Instagram thing, and I realised he had changed the date on it. So he just he cocked that one up. Anyway, it well, is oh, yeah, sixteen in the I had morning. A look yesterday, it was eight. <laughs> it was eighteen to the seventh yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, he must have just had it. What a legend!" <laughs> no. No, he was 18th to the 8th he put on for a start and then adjusted it to the 18th to the 7th, which is the actual date. So oh, now I've we're the 24th to the 8th. Move on. That's all right. That's okay. Well, hey, semantics. <laughs> it's 6.16 in the morning. I'm Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Always here for you. It's 22 minutes past 6 o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and I should let you know that the West Indies have been bowled out. They've been skittled for 150. Uh, Muhammad Abbas was just moving it around corners this morning, so they were chasing 302 
which uh, Pakistan declared for him. Pakistan a four without loss in their second innings. Give us a call, 0800 150 811 on the Kennard's Hire phone line. When you do call, you could be, get this, boys, our caller of the week. This will help with your jobs around home, and you could win the W821S 21-inch self-propelled walk-behind mower retailed at $2,000, well, over $2,000 plus GST. Be part of SCNZ. Give us a call on 0800 150 811. Thanks to Kubota on SENZ. That would make your jobs around the home a bit easier, wouldn't it, Baz? Oh, mate, how many good things do we have on the show that we just give people the opportunity to get a hold of? Like Kubota, Kubota mowers, temper beds, the list goes on and on and on. That's how good we are. That's how generous we are on the show as well. Anyway, a couple of things is, a couple of things, mate. I was, I was, my intro this morning was a bit rubbish. I'll tell you why it was rubbish. Because I was sitting there going, oh my God, the Warriors are still a chance. They are still a chance. I was reading through an article and I was doing all the maths in my head. So I took my little, yeah. I took my sort of eye off, off my daytime job and, and started That's getting right, my, fan, my fan sort of mind on. So You're here, keeping get the this, faith, mate. I'm keeping the faith. I'm keeping the faith, and I and I am turning into that guy as well. That I'm looking at permutations for my team to be able to yeah, make. Yeah, talk the, to me. Sell it. Sell eight. me the dream. Right. Okay. Okay. So the Warriors have to beat the Raiders and the Titans, right? In their last two games, both those teams are in front of us, so they become four point games. Boom. Tick. Tick. Done. Then the Broncos they have to beat the Sharks on Saturday night. The Sharks are favourite, but they've lost three of their last four. And the Broncos, it's fair to say, are definitely an improving side as well. So if the Broncos beat the Sharks, and then then the Roosters would have to beat the Raiders, and the Knights would have to beat the Titans, and then we make the eight. When we're in the eight, we're dangerous. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's achievable. I think yeah. I think that's achievable. I was reading the same article as well, but the Sharks got the Bronx, and Sharks win. Game over. Game over for the Warriors. So they obviously lead a lot of things to go and go their way. A lot of things out of what their control, is, but what, all they can control. What do you control, have against the Warriors? I don't have anything against the Warriors. I'm just saying the Sharks <laughs> <laughs> beat the Broncos. It's game over. But the only thing they can control is the next two weeks, and they got to get these wins against the teams. Who have they got? Ra- the Raiders and the Titans. They've got to beat these two teams, and then they're in the. You know, that's all they can control, and then the rest is out of their control. So look, they can beat you, those you two sides. You stopped the Warriors easily. on Saturday. You stopped them on Sunday. No, I, no, I didn't. I just. I, I told the, the Broncos have found a bit of form and I've seen it and, and they had a lot to play for. I know the Warriors had a lot to play for too. It was actually a very interesting... Uh, I was listening to Ricardo last night. He was chatting, he was chatting to Daryl Halligan about um, young Reese Walsh and we chatted about it, actually, Bears, about the young kid and, and you know and the superstar that he is. And then there's a lot of people that are questioning... Um, you know, him missing all those kicks. Uh, it's his fault, blah, blah, blah. And, and actually... Daryl Halligan last night was actually taking it on the chin. You know, he's the kicking coach for the for the um, for the Warriors, so he took it personally as well. And I was sitting there going, "No, mate, no, mate. This is you know, this young kid's gone up there, stepped up, demanded the ball after he's missed two or three in a row, and he's and he hasn't struck them very well at all. But the young kid, he's eighteen, and the confidence of him to be able to step up, take that ball, say, "Give it to me. I want this. This is you know, this is the big boy stuff. I want to have a crack." And, and, you know, what this will do potentially going forward for his future as well, Bez, you know, like n- having a bit of adversity in his life, having these 
kind of moments where things don't go his way. What does this do for his game, his personality, his ability going forward? You know, this that's what I see out of this little um, moment on the weekend where he missed uh, four, three or four kicks in, in that game. So, look, people that are probably bagging him and saying, look, he, he cost us the game, you're wrong, because everything he asked, else he did on the in, in the game were not kicking, you know, his involvements, his triasis, his every time he touched a ball, he created something. That's what you got to look at. Mm. And um, that's what I got from that conversation last night with, with Hall- Halligan and Ricardo Ball. Yeah, anyone that wants to criticise him, honestly, bugger mm. off. You know, like, <laughs> he's had a tough, he's 18 years of age. We're, we're laying big hopes at, at the feet of, of a young man. He's doing an amazing job. And good on the, the Warriors management for giving him the freedom to, to have a crack as well. The only thing I would say is, and you yep. being a goal kicker, I'm reverting this back to um, throwing the ball at the stumps as a cricketer, okay? And that's mm. that you sometimes, you, and, and also golf, sometimes you just, you swing as you swing, you know? You throw as you throw, you kick as you kick. So work with whatever shape you're running on that given day. And if we look yep. back at his kicks, I think he missed every kick to the same side. Um, and mm. so if I'm throwing a ball at the stumps and I keep missing it to the right side, then I've got to make an adjustment Next time if I miss, I should miss to the left. You know what I mean? I shouldn't yep. miss to the same yep. side twice. And that that would be the only thing I'd say. I'd be interested in your thoughts on, as from a kicking point of view on that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, mate. He's got to make that, that adjustment. And also I felt like he was kind of sweeping across the ball. He needs to probably kick through the ball, um, you know, kick through the ball, through the line. I felt like, because that's why he's getting that left to right kind of angle. He's getting... I don't know if you watch Jonathan Thurston back in the day, he gets a real sweep, but he's he does it differently. He aims at a position where he knows the ball's going to go and it's going to move 10 metres to the left. So he's actually playing for that sweep, whereas I think yep. Reese Walsh was actually starting, like you said, right at the middle. He was still sweeping, so the, the ball was moving left to right. So, look, Roger Tuovasashek, I've heard over the last couple of days, he's working a lot with DC. Uh, Dan Carter, when he gets home, uh, at the moment in Auckland, well, this is before lockdown, so Roger Tuovasashek is working a lot with DC. I'll be interested to see when the Warriors go back to Auckland if if DC will get involved with uh, young Reese Walsh and give him a little hand, or, or Daryl Halligan. That's if a great idea. COVID, Daryl's in, yeah, 100 great idea, but Daryl Halligan's their kicking coach, but he's stuck in Sydney, so if the borders are closed or, or there's a bit of things with travel, why don't they get DC in there to give him a hand? So it'd be great. Great <laughs> idea. Great idea, mate. There's an absolute bang-on text here as well from James on double eight double three. He said, if Walsh wasn't playing, we wouldn't need the kicks anyway. Spot on. <laughs> you don't need the kicks if you ain't scoring the tries. And the man who's either scoring the tries or setting them up is Reese Walsh. So bang on. Good spot yep. that, James. James nice. James on fire, actually, on the text machine. Yeah. Sharks play a C team, storm after they rest everyone for finals. So he's saying that the storm are going to when they make the finals, they're going to drop down all their best players and play their C team, and then that'll mean the Sharks are going to are going to beat them and qualify. Well, maybe, maybe. I'm not sure Melbourne are like that. Baz, I think they're quite ruthless. They're on a 21. I'm keeping the streak. faith, yeah, mate. I'm keeping the faith. I had one little multi, and I went the Broncos, and look at me, I got it right. But I'm keeping the faith, bud. Okay, well, you put your own financial gain in front of pride and loyalty of the <laughs> Warriors is. So that's, that's to be noted. It is 6.30 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 
You're right, Baz. Trudy is the voice of everything in New Zealand. I agree. 28 minutes to 7 at SENZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. There's some awesome texts stacking up there. I'll let the lads get to those in a second. When you do text the show, you could be sleeping pretty in a temper queen-size bed valued at $10,000. That's for text of the month. Keep those texts steaming in. We'll get to those shortly. It is time for our Love Racing update. Love Racing.nz. They are everything thoroughbred racing. They are racing's biggest fan in New Zealand. And yesterday, one thing we haven't spoken about, lads, is, is how we're going to be in lockdown for a bit longer. Um, so the government made that decision, hmm. at least and at least for Auckland uh, until Tuesday midnight next week. But this week, Friday midnight, potentially the rest of the country could drop down levels. What does that mean for racing? Well, it means that if we get to level three on Saturday, we could have the holy grail of Saturdays. Well, I don't want to quite say the holy grail, but we could have a huge Saturday because there would be an Ashburden meet that would be moved from this Thursday to Saturday. There's the Awapuni meet, and then they would have the Foxbridge Plate meet at Tarapa, which would also have the Northland Breeders' Stakes, which was initially meant to be at Ruakaka last Saturday. So it could be a huge go-around. So that's three race meets, which would be pretty unlikely or pretty unusual for thoroughbred racing in New Zealand to all be jammed in on the same day. The best thing about the situation is that horses are still being worked. So the horses Mm. are fit, the horses are healthy, as soon as we get to level three, which we technically could do at midnight on Friday, it would be everything into action. So I assume the clubs, this is a bit of a nightmare for them, but they will be preparing as if they are about to race on Saturday. And fingers crossed, we could just have a huge day of racing. Then, of course, Randwick and Caulfield will be racing. The Mimsy Stakes over in uh, at Caulfield. And I see Avon Taj has a nomination for that. If they don't think they'll be racing here, she could be on a plane tomorrow. So it's fascinating times in the racing industry, but it is looking positive that at least NZTR are managing to reschedule these meets. And if we're at level three, we're going to have a huge day of racing. And and I think everybody in the industry is crossing their fingers and toes for that, Baz. Yeah, they are, mate. (laughs) And they need to because it's... I'm a bit frustrated about it, to be honest, Louis, I think. Look, I understand level four is, is we are locked down, um, but there's a lot of other essential businesses which are, are ongoing, um, which rely on uh, peaking at, the, at certain times throughout the year, like I think of, say, the wine industry, for instance, or, or even, say, the kiwi fruit business. Like you need, you need to be, they need uh, to be executed at a certain uh, point in time. Well, this is our big time in racing. It is the springtime. The horses are rock-hard fit. You tip them out now because we, there's going to be no racing over the next little while and you run the risk of having some of these horses injured. Now, that's an animal welfare thing in itself because they're going to be fresh. They're not ready for spells. They need a race. This is the whole idea. Look, I, I don't understand how we can't operate. How, how can we not find a way? I was pretty disappointed that we aren't putting the pressure on the government because we don't want to upset them. Well, I'm sorry. That's the, that's the responsibility of those who sit in the positions that they're in on behalf of all the stakeholders in the game, you need to be applying pressure, even if it's uncomfortable for you to have those conversations above to those who sit above us. And I understand that the government are able to uh, alleviate a lot of our concerns in the industry by having a good relationship, but a relationship needs to be able to have robust conversations as well. And in this situation, when we're in level four lockdown and our industry is dying because of it, and I know it's only a week or two and it might be longer, I'm not sure, 
But if, or if it is longer, then we're in big trouble because there's $1.6 billion in this industry. Now, that's our country cannot afford to have an industry like that tipped upside down because we don't want to upset the government because they've got a lot on their plate at the moment. Grow a set, put some pressure on them because all the stakeholders which sit underneath you depend on it. And there's how many thousands and thousands of people who feed their families who are involved in this industry who are sitting idle at the moment waiting for them to be, to be opened up. Make it an essential business. It should be an essential business. Australia can make it work. They say the argument back to us was Australia's lockdown is different to our lockdowns. I don't care. Make it an essential business. Make it work. Yeah, Bez. You can, Bez. You can have racing operate Bez, behind I, closed I, doors. I'll just, I just, I'll just come in there, though. But And sorry, Izzy, but I just think it is fair to point out, if you're going to make racing an essential essential business, there are about so many more different industries that will be sticking up their hands. You'd change the complete complexion of the landscape. And I don't think it's about... They not, are, mate. I don't think it's about they not are. wanting to upset the government. I think the government won't even entertain this. And I think it's about Bernard's Laundry and NZTR picking their spots. So, like, I hear what you're saying, and I hear it's frustrating, but I feel like if you change the landscape, if you bent the rules for racing, you'd just open a can of worms that I don't know how. Like, I think there's a lot of complexity to this, but I appreciate your passion, but just want to kind of chime in and stick stick up for them a little bit. Like, I don't think it's quite that simple. Well, how did, how did say, the wine business, um, how were they able to be deemed an essential business then? It's no different. Look, I think if you don't, if you sit there and say nothing, then you're not going to get acknowledged to, at the table anyway. So you need to be challenging. And, and in this situation, all of those who sit underneath should be allowed to should should expect that the bosses are going to be challenging for them. So, look, I yeah, I, I don't think it's acceptable. I, I tell you what. Otherwise, as a stakeholder in the game who owns horses here, I'll take my horses overseas. And then who loses? Who? I mean, you're going to crush an industry. I understand that COVID has its problems and, and brings about many different issues, but I think you need to be finding a way for racing to be able to operate. And you know what? The other industries have an opportunity to do that too, but I'm passionate about the racing industry, and so therefore I'm obviously going to try and push that towards this, this, um, this outcome. And there should be other industries which are putting pressure on them as well. When you're sitting in the chair, you should expect that these things are going to happen. That's what, that's what comes with being in, in positions of power is uncomfortable conversations, robust conversations, and challenging from underneath. If you're not prepared to do that, get out of the chair and let someone else have a go. Right, it is 21 minutes to 7 on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> oh, yes, you know what time it is. I'm loving the conversations this morning. They are good. They are honest, and that's what we need on the Bears and Izzy show. We love it. We love it. And you know what's honest? This quiz. So give me a call, 0800-150-811, if you think you can take on the quiz master, the is master, the daggy master. $50 TAB voucher up for grabs. You know what you got to do. I've got five questions here. Give us a call on 800 
150811. And that $50 voucher could go good. If we go into level three this weekend, we got our Ashburton little meet on Saturday, which, you know, South Island, we got a big chance this weekend uh, from what I got from baby Neve's little map that she drew for mum. You know, that's I, th- I feel like we're going to be good this weekend. I feel like we're going to be really good and... Um, yeah, lockdown's gonna be gonna be open this morning. So give us a call. Don't be scared. Here we go. Here we go, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, okay. Come on, Jordan. You you got what it takes, brother. I reckon you're gonna get five straight here. <sighs> Jordan, Morena, brother. Morena. Morning. Morning, mate. Morning, mate. Here we go. Question number one: At which Olympics did John Walker win gold in the fifteen hundred meter? In nineteen seventy-six. Beautiful, mate. Oh, Beautiful. What, a, what an answer. Here we go. Holly Robinson won track and field silver for New Zealand at the 2016 Paralympics in which sport? Um, Six, five, four, three, two. Chaplin? One. Ooh. Nice, mate. Nice, mate. Just gave you enough to there. Just gave you enough. Here we go. Question number three. If the Silver Ferns is it, if the Silver Ferns is the name of the New Zealand netball team, what are the Australians teams called? Uh, the Diamond. Five. Yep. Beautiful. Nice. Well done. Question number four, mate. Cristiano Ronaldo currently plays for which Italian football club? Five. Uh, four. Three, two, one. Uh, Juventus. Oh, man, you've either got quick fingers here or you're actually not bad. Here we go, mate. Christian number five to take it home. Five in a row. Told you, Bears. The Maple Leafs are a, nation, <laughs> are a National Hockey League NHL team from which city? Five, uh, four, three. Two. Toronto. One. There you go, Jordan, mate. Congratulations. You're the first person on the that ever has gone five straight, mate. So congratulations. I hope you spend it wisely. Thanks to the team at TAB. Appreciate your support, Jordan. Have a great day, mate. You too. Thanks, mate. Awesome. Awesome. There you go, Bez. Well hey. done, mate. Not bad, brother. Not bad. Just quickly on that Ronaldo as well. What about that little rumour circulating? He might be off to my team, mate. The Spurs. The Tottenham Hotspurs. That's my team, mate. It's my team. That's not your team. That's my team. (laughs) (laughs) You bandwagon jumper, you. (laughs) Wow, you're you're a ficker. Do you even support the All Blacks? Mate, are you kidding me? I, I do support the Warriors. I can feel it in your heart. I've heard something there. I do support the Warriors, but I'm a Man United fan. And the only reason I support Man United was when Cristiano Ronaldo signed for them back in the day. That's why I supported them. Now he's gone. And if he goes to Tottenham Hotspurs, wow, what a pickup for them. That is unbelievable for the EPL and Tottenham. That's right, mate. Hey, just We've been waiting a long time, but it might just happen. The Spurs, it might be the year of the Spurs. How good would that be? It is 11 minutes to 7 in the morning on Tuesday, the 24th. And this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on HCNZ.
listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Six minutes away from seven o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Actually, speaking of Beaver, just I should remind you we're in the last week of this together with SEN and SENZ and Farmside, the legends of the New Zealand Royal Connectivity. You and a mate could join Beaver white baiting at one of the secret spots on the Waikato River. All you have to do is text Farmside to double eight double three. Entries close Friday nine a.m. So you better start texting Farmside. That's one word to double eight. Double three, white baiting with beef on the Waikato. Now, that would be something on the bucket list. Baz, some of the texts here, they're, um, they're, they're questioning your permutations you're doing about the Warriors here. Uh, which ones? Oh, that's Brian. Morning, boys. And if the Brian. sun comes up in the west and turns blue at 1 p.m., then the Warriors, spelled W-O-R-R-I-E-R-S, <laughs> can make the eight. Brian. Brian, mate, he might have done that on purpose, Bears. He might have done that. He might have done that on purpose because they're warriors. You know, they're worrying. Maybe. Yeah, no, he definitely has. He's definitely done it on purpose. (laughs) But I'd say, Brian, I reckon you need to start opening the curtains earlier in the morning, mate. Let the sun come in, just freshen things up a little bit. You know, (laughs) things will be okay, Brian. It's okay to look on the bright side of things, Brian. Thanks for your text on double eight double three, though. Always appreciate your feedback. Uh, what else? What about this one, Bez? Um, what about this one, Bez? Yep. From Albie. Morning, lads. You remember Albie last week questioning the, the rugby players' personalities and the That's way they right. portray themselves on TV? Yeah, yeah so this, this is one. Good. Morning, lads. Heard your Richie Mwanga interview from yesterday on your podcast. Think you accidentally stumbled across how to get a bit more chat and personality out of a rugby union player. Don't talk about rugby. Love how Richie <laughs> loves pokies too. Great stuff, Albie. <laughs> mate, that was a great chat yesterday. How good was Richie? Come on here, didn't talk that one was rugby awesome, question mate. and absolutely loved it. So, oh, mate, and on the back of that chat, so I got a message from Todd Pollard uh, last night. So he is um, the assistant trainer for Annabelle Neesham, who trains the horse yep. for um, the Mwanga. And, and they were talking yep. about how they listened to the show, thought it was outstanding. Um, both her and um, Todd were listening, and they loved the, the whole storyline and the interview with Richie Mwanga. And um, they would love, she would love to come on our show at some stage as well. So at some stage, we'll have to get her awesome. on the show. And, um, and I'm sure we can follow up that phone call. I, I wasn't brave enough to ask for Richie, though, whether he got the 10% of the, the stallion <laughs> um, fee, you know, by the end of... When when the horse does yeah. eventually retire, but what do you reckon? Is it yeah? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm sure they'll look after him anyway. He's he's contributed mm. a lot, and the fact that he's given all of his prize money away to charity, which is 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 quite amazing. Like twenty five grand just in that race alone on Saturday, awesome. And that horse ain't done yet. That that could win a whole stack of prize money moving forward, especially with the riches on offer over in Australia. Don't get me started on that either. Anyway, um, but the uh, the riches on offer over in Australia and the percentage that, that Richie's out of the 10% that he owns in that horse and he continues to give it away to child cancer is awesome. Like, fantastic. What a great ambassador. And how well-spoken is he too? Was, was old he Richie is, he is so good. At, and I knew we'd get good chat out of him. That's why I wanted to um, get him on the show. And, I, you know, we said we wouldn't talk rugby and we didn't. And he absolutely loved it. He was Text me afterwards buzzing about it. And uh, like you said, that just sums up who he is. You know, Child Cancer Foundation donating that to, to the foundation. 
I know he's a father, I'm a father, so it hits close to home and just seeing what he's doing for for the younger generation out there that's probably struggling. And a lot of families, you know, dealing with uh, child cancer, it's, yeah, it's tough. So a little bit of hope that Richie is creating with a special horse, mate, Moanga. And like I said yesterday, mate, I want to get us a horse, so stop selling all your horses, hold one for us, and we're on. Well, we're going to speak to Andrew Seabrook shortly, and he is Managing Director of New Zealand Bloodstock. And, of course, Karaka goes on once a year in late January, and that is the premier equine flesh on offer in throughout New Zealand. So we'll talk a little bit about that process with Andrew Seabrook, and I'm sure he'll steer us into the right way to go about finding our next champion nice. as well. Um, I do have to just mention as well, yesterday I mentioned my brother-in-law who uh, played with played club footy down in... Christchurch with Richie Moanga um, for Linwood there. Well, I got in a bit of trouble last night on the old family group message because Poasa Mapu is his name and he's married to my, my sister-in-law. So we're effectively brother-in-laws, you know. And because I didn't mention yeah. his name, I got in trouble, didn't I? He wanted a shout-out. So yeah. shout-out to you, Poasa. You're a good blindside flanker. Unfortunately, you didn't quite go on to the dizzying heights that Richie Moanga has <laughs> been able to achieve. But you were a good watch back in the day and I particularly loved your... Chahos as well. Every time Richie would kick a goal or score a cross. <laughs> well done. Big. <laughs> there you go. You got a chahol from our man Izzy Dag. And it is coming up 7 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, which means that we're going to, well, actually, I would love him a cafe, but we can't get one hopefully soon. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Your health is the biggest priority, so please respect social distancing in-store at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Kia ora and good morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ and it's just after 7am in the morning on Tuesday the 24th of August. We've got Andrew Seabrook coming up, Managing Director of New Zealand Bloodstock. He's going to Teach Izzy how to buy a horse at Cracker this year, and a fast one at that. Yes. We've got Zoe McBride coming up later on to talk, well, to lift the lid on some of the physical and mental challenges that are facing our athletes from a first-hand point of view. We also have Jim Case to talk through some All Blacks and the evolving landscape that has been the last couple of weeks. And I also want to read something. Brian. Brian, you and I, we don't always see eye to eye. In fact, sometimes we butt heads. We have robust conversations, which grown-ups and leaders should do. So now, I, after this text message, I consider you a leader, Brian. Morning, boys. Baz, what you don't understand is the socialists don't want landowners, independent contractors, or people enjoying themselves. They just want you to sit back and do what you are told, Brian. Well, Brian, <laughs> I think I do understand that because we are singing from the same song sheet on this one. So sometimes we have... Robust conversations, sometimes we agree. Welcome to the land of leadership, my friend. Thank you for your text, Brian, double eight, double three. There you go, Is Brian and I are friends again. <laughs> there you go, Brian, mate. We don't know what's coming out of Brian's mouth every morning. Him and Damo, I'd love to actually put a, a face to a name, mate, and meet these lads one day and chew the fat. I think it'll be great conversations over a couple of cold pints. But, hey, I'm looking forward to chatting to Andrew Seabrook about how we can buy an absolute... Rip snorter of a horse, so you want to do the pleasure, my good friend? I do, my friend. I do. Andrew Seabrook is the managing director of New Zealand Bloodstock. He's also one of my very, very good mates as well. And 
whilst racing can't proceed here in New Zealand at this stage under the level four lockdown, which we are all experiencing. It was a great weekend for the Kiwi Breds over in Sydney, and they trifected the Group One Wink Stakes before then a tissue, the Savabelle Philly went on and did her thing, and the Kiwi mare she went bang and in and, and the last there for Chris Waller. So big shout out to Stephen Marsh as well, the New Zealand trainer who did all the early you know, the heavy lifting on the tissue before she was sent across to uh, Chris Waller. Andrew Seabrook is with us now. He is going to offer up a couple of insights into the game that is horse racing. He's also going to steer Izzy into the process of how to try and buy the next <laughs> champion for us here on SENZ. Good morning there, Seabs. Morning, Baz. Morning, Izzy. Morning. Morning. Now, it was also, now it was also uh, just to share a little bit of information for you, Iz, and for everyone out there, it was actually it was Andrew's birthday yesterday. So he celebrated, yeah. how, what, 52nd birthday there, Andy? Yeah, 52. Yeah, not a great day. The second year in a row I've been locked up too, so managed to open up a nice bottle of red though and a bit of eye fill it, so it wasn't, wasn't all bad. Yeah, and and you've been at New Zealand Bloodstock about 27 of those 52 years too, right? Yeah, 29 actually. I mean, how boring is that? 29. I mean, who leaves, uh, who leaves uh, uni and uh, stays in one job for their life? But uh, no, it's been a great 29 years and um, still loving it. Let's just, uh, for everyone out there as well, just New Zealand Bloodstock. So it's not a, a government-owned um, set-up at all, is it? It's independently owned. Do you want to just explain to us a little bit about that, Andy? Yeah, sure. So it used to be part of Wrightson Bloodstock and, and Fletcher Challenge back in the you know uh, 70s and 80s and what have you. But it's now privately owned by Sir Peter Vella. He bought the, uh, he bought the business in uh, 90, sort of 1997. Um, Sir Peter, of course, raced the theory who won the Melbourne Cup a few years later. But no, it's privately owned, based here at Caraca uh, on the motorway there. And um, yeah, we've been holding the national yearling sales, uh, you know, forever really. Um, and of course, the first national yearling sale was nearly 100 years ago. That's when Farlap was sold. So we've continued the, the tradition and um, still selling and uh, selling great horses around the world. Well, Seeps, mate, my wife won't be listening at the moment, so I'm going to get in nice and early. How do I go buy a Farlap? <laughs> Where can we get them from, and what, what do I need to do, mate? And how much? How much do I need? Talk actually, to <laughs> Izzy, it's not. It's actually not. Izzy, it's not that difficult because I tell you what, okay. we've got Moanga's full brother coming to the sales next year. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't think we've even. I don't think we've even mentioned this to anyone. Um, but I was going through the Waikato Studs entries yesterday and uh, noticed I've got a full brother to Moanga. And um, my man Danny Rolston, who works here at NZB, tells me he's an outstanding type. So why don't you come along? You could buy him, and maybe call him <laughs> Izzy or Baz and Izzy or something like that. <laughs> How much is he going to be a house? Because that's probably what I need, wouldn't I? I have to mortgage the whole house, mate. What, what are we talking? Yeah, yeah. So um, Moanga made, uh, I think it was about three hundred twenty-five thousand, and but he'd be worth sort of ten million now, I guess. Moanga, probably more. <laughs> um, I, this could be a, a sale topper, uh, Moanga's brother. He could be a potential sale topper. So he could be anywhere from, you know, half to up to a million dollars. Um, all going well. So <laughs> yeah, you might need to get a few. You might need to get a few mates involved. But you, you know what? It, 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 there's a perception out there by some that it's a rich man's sport, and it's not at all. Uh, because these days you can race a horse for, you know, forty bucks a month. You can have one as little as one percent in the horse. So. Um, Get a few few of your black mates, Izzy, and you'll be fine. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm they keen. must be getting a fortune for their little trip over <laughs> Perth as well. And surely they can just cast a little bit aside for us 
battling <laughs> former cricketers to try and buy a fast horse and have a bit of fun. Hey, um, <laughs> so just as well for a little bit of background here, um, Izzy, Seebs does one of the all-time great impersonations, race-calling impersonations, but he normally only does it after about six red wines. So I asked him to do it this morning, and he said, not a prayer, but I'll ask him again on air if he could just do it. Any chance there, Andy? Come on, You Seeps. actually want me to do a commentary on Radio Stone Cold Sober at seven in the morning. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yep. I just... I, <laughs> from New Zealand Bloodstock for that sort of personality right there. <laughs> yeah, so oh, um, no, come, along to sale, come along to the sales. I'll look after you. I mean, Baz will look after you too because he knows all the tents. And um, if you've seen Baz in operation at sales, he sort of just goes from marquee to marquee to marquee and later on the day he, looks, he goes and decides to look at a horse. But come along to the sales <laughs> and also the Crack a Million Night. Baz, tell, tell Izzy how good Crack a Million Night is. That, that's the best day of racing in New Zealand. Well, I can't really remember it, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, of... I was, was going to mention <laughs> yeah. that, but... Yeah, I stayed at Andy's house that night, and thankfully he sort of, you know, made sure that we were well fed and watered by the time we got home. But it was a great night, the crack a million nights. Just, it's, like, absolutely jam-packed. People are having a great time. you got the boys get paid, guys, just chanting Opie Bosson's name left, right, and centre. I see old Louie up there sometimes. As well, smiling. He's got he's got his glow on after a couple of successful punts and a couple of sherbets. And then you've got I actually saw a few All Black boys there last year as well. There was Anton Leonard Brown. He yep. was there. Sam Kane was there. A few of the other lads were there yeah. as well. So he's a big racing yeah, man, isn't he? Anton Leonard Brown. Yeah, there's there's lots of uh, All Blacks and, and cricketers uh, into the racing. Um, so now there's lots of uh, the right people there that night. But it's a really good night. Uh, so I'll send you an invite for that one, Izzy. I look forward to it, Seeps. Can't wait to go back to your house and celebrate late into the night with, with our good friends. And there you go. I'll hit up Anton and get some money out of him. He's got plenty. Mate, he's got tight pockets as they come, oh, Anton. Uh, mate, we'll talk to you about the Kiwi bred horses at the moment. You must be pretty proud of how we're, you know, going on the big stage, man, over in, uh, over in Australia on the weekend. Um, yeah. You know, doing great guns yeah, over there. Um, yeah, it's amazing, is he? I mean... I'll just just give you the stats so that so that the um, your listeners can relate to how good the New Zealand horses are. But last season in Australia, New Zealand horses made up seven percent of the racing population in Australia. Right? Well, we won twenty five percent of the Group One races. So that means the ma- the major wow. races in um, in Australia and there's sixty six Group Ones. Well, we won twenty five percent of them uh, from just seven percent of the of the racing uh, population. So pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I know. We've just been able to breed wonderful horses. It's our, it's our grass, it's our environment, it's our, it's our horse soil, it's our horse men and women and, and, our, and our great uh, bloodlines that produce these strong, durable, tough horses. And, um, you know, I think we've won something like 55 Melbourne Cups. And, yeah, so 
no, just continuing and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a big time for racing in Australia and we, we obviously haven't got racing here at the moment, so I think we're all enjoying watching mm. the good horses run around in Australia. So, should we just quickly um, talk about, so the process, so there's what, 800 in, in book one this year at Caracas, roughly? Uh, there'll be 700 bears in book one and about 500 in book two. So we've had the, the, the nominations for the sales closed um, last week and we got, we got 1,700 nominations, which is um, over a third of the fold crop, over a third of all the horses born in New Zealand that year. We've received 1,700 entries. So what happens now is the, um, the agents go around the farms throughout uh, North Island, South Island, well, we can't at the moment because of bloody level four, they go around the whole country, look at these 1,700 horses, and they put them into into various categories, and then um, and, um, and and just rate them on type and confirmation and what they you know what they like about the horse or what they don't like about the horse. Then we sit down for a week in a room and we go through those 1,700 on on pedigree and we match the pedigree with type. So we look at all the pedigrees, all the bloodlines of those horses, and we talk about each horse and, uh, in terms of its confirmation and type, and then we sort of break it down and whittle it out and, and end up with, um, you know, sort of 700 in book one and 500 in book two. And, and they're sold over, um, next January, they're sold over, uh, what, six days here at Caracas Bears, about 200 horses a day. So so if if Izzy was to want to buy a horse or anyone out there, there's, there's, there's different ways to do it. You can go and put your hand up yourself, right? Or you could jump Which in with yep. some friends or you could get in with syndicators. Uh, what do they do? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so you can you can do what you do, just go and do it yourself, or you can. Uh, I, I would advise um, probably to either find a trainer. Um, a, no, that's not very. You've actually done bloody well with um, Tabata buying horses like Tabata and, and the like. Um, so you, you you either find a trainer, um, a, a, a bloodstock agent, or a syndicator, right? Um, and it's they're all very easy. They've all got their own websites. Uh, the Trainers Association. New Zealand Bloodstocks Agent Federation and syndicators on, on Love Racing, and of course nzb.co.nz, which is us. Um, just jump on there and, and uh, have a bit of a squiz. But it, it's not difficult, and we, we make people very welcome. And of course, as I say, it's you don't have to spend a lot of money. You can get involved in a syndicate, spend, mm. spend as little as forty bucks a month, and uh, you know it's uh, watching your horse um, win a race. Uh, bears is probably the biggest through that thrill you'll have with your pants on, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, it really is fantastic watching you always the line first. <laughs> what a cool scene. What a cool, mate. <laughs> You're an absolute champion. I can't wait to meet you. Mate, <laughs> like, we yeah, don't we'll, have we'll to go to Cracker. We'll yeah. Yes, we will. We will. Baz will watch on the sidelines because he's a hacker. <laughs> but we'll... Um... No, I'm worse. <laughs> hey, I want to ask... When you go to the, uh, you know, the Cracker Millions, um, you know, obviously you could go buy the, the Mwanga's brother, spend millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but is there a chance of actually going to buy a nice, cheap horse and that thing doing, doing well? Is, is it a bit of a lotto, really? Absolutely. I mean, that, that's the great thing. You can, go, you can actually go to the sale, spend $5,000 on a horse, and that horse could win a million dollars. You go to the sale and spend a million dollars on a horse, and that horse could win $5,000. There's no rhyme or reason. <laughs> If you, 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 you can spend, oh. you, can spend um, you, you know, you're, narrowing, you're increasing your chance of having a good horse the more you spend, you know, obviously. But, there's, I mean, there's plenty of um, stories about, uh, like Bone Crusher, for instance, who won millions. He was a $3,000 yearling. Kiwi won the Melbourne Cup. He was a $1,500 yearling. Um, Solver won the Cox Plate. He was a $4,500 yearling. This is just off the top of my head. I could keep going. 
Um, you know, there's yeah. um, you don't have to spend a fortune, honestly. Um, there's there's plenty of great stories of cheap horses coming from the sales. Well, we're going to have to let you go, Andy. We've uh, we've taken up enough of your time. We know you're super busy. You've got plenty of things to do out there at New Zealand Bloodstock out and based in Karaka, but we appreciate all of your time, mate. No, thanks, no. thanks very much, Baz Nizzy, and um, I'm, just, I'm loving the show. I think it's fantastic that uh, sport and racing is back on uh, mainstream radio, and uh, you're doing a great job, and all the best, boys. Thanks, Andy. That was Andrew Seabrook of New Zealand Bloodstock, New Zealand's premier thoroughbred and standardbred auction house, your source of success, nzb.co.nz. And that could just be, is he, our ticket to Tara Iti? Us, Mr. Sir oh. Peter Vella, if we can borrow his chopper and we can make a little <laughs> journey up to Tara Iti. The only time I've played it was with Andy Seabrook, and he is a good, fun guy, and he's doing wonderful things. And as you can see, loyalty is a big thing to New Zealand Bloodstock, so... I like loyalty, awesome. and I'm, I'm big on that, and uh, and they are certainly that way inclined as well. Sir Peter Vella doing great things too for New Zealand Racing, all off his own back. Anyway, it is 7.18 in the morning, and you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, always here for you. It is, and it's coming up to 24 minutes past 7 o'clock. Andrew Seabrook of New Zealand Bloodstock. That's where you go if you want to find a horse to win a fast race. Fast horses for good races at NZB. Hey, um, I must remind people, 0800-150-811. Please give us a call. We want to hear from you. Some awesome correspondence on the text machine, but the Kennards High phone line is there at any stage if you want to get in touch. And I think you might want to get in touch on our next little part of the show here because we've been having great fun compiling some lockdown lists and Izzy Dag and Baz McCullum, they have an absolute doozy today that a lot of men around the country are going to be able to relate to. Baz and Izzy's lockdown lists. Yeah, yeah, it's that time where we just collate a little list, a little list, and this time this list is the lockdown jobs we absolutely hate. I know a lot of blokes out there will get a little bit of heat, especially in lockdown, you know, we ain't got much to do, so the wife will, you know, just give us a little list of jobs to, to kind of do that we, we probably don't enjoy. So I've got, a, I've got a wee list here, I've got a wee list, and, and my number one one is putting the rubbish out. Yeah, like, like it's not hard, but, you know, you gotta, you got to run the rubbish out, you've forgotten about it the night before, your wife kicks you in the, in the guts and says... You forgot to put the rubbish out, so you have to chuck your little gown on in the cold and run the rubbish out. That's probably one I absolutely hate. Emptying the dishwasher. Hate emptying the dishwasher. That is, like, the worst. There's nothing worse, Baz, when you're going to put your, your, your dirty plate in the dishwasher and you open up and it's just steaming hot and it's just finished being cleaned and you're just looking around. You're, you're hoping no one's behind you. You're looking around, you're seeing if the wife's there and you're going, okay, she's not there, so you just shut it back up. And then you just put it in, in, in <laughs> and you just put it in the sink, you know. So that's another one for me. That's another one for me. And then another one, mate. We spoke about it before the show. Men out there, how hard is it? Like we enjoy our wives uh, folding our washing and making it all nice and perfect, but there is not. Why can't they just put it in the drawers too, mate? Why can't they just put it in the drawers 
so it's away nicely, so it's not sitting on the ground and it's getting kicked and it's getting unfolded from the kids and they're they're unfolding oh, it. So yeah. I'm just having a wee little little bag here. My, hopefully my wife's not listening, but men out there will be able to resonate with me here because you're the same, mate. You, how hard is it to put your washing away? Like it's not hard. You fold it. Might as well just put it in the drawer and 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 that OCD order that you guys do. So. So the thing about this show is that we also have a podcast on the SNZ app. You have a podcast and you go and listen to the Baz and Izzy oh. podcast and you go back over the show oh. and you can listen to exactly what we've said. So that little last two minutes that you've just said from 7.25 to 7.26 and 30 seconds... Daisy's going to get a hold off and she's going to go, uh, 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 son, <laughs> you're out in the hey, pool hey, house from now on. <laughs> maybe we won't promo that one, eh? Maybe we won't promo that one. That'd be good. That'd be good. <laughs> but do, you know what Let I mean, Baz. You know what I mean, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us a text on double eight double three. Let us know your lockdown list jobs that you hate. I'm gonna. So I'm gonna jump on here with you, okay? I'm gonna. I'm gonna because I'm a loyal person. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that I'm exactly the same as. My washing gets folded. Liz does a good job. She she washes her clothes. She folds them. I put them out, of course. You know, I make the effort to put them out. And then she yeah, washes yeah, them yeah. and she folds them. But then, like, in our wardrobe, they sort of, they get put down just on the entry to our wardrobe. But it's such an ordeal to lift them from there and then put them away. So I sort of just normally just pick whatever comes up off the top. And if, if it's not on the top, then I just kind of leave it. So they just build up over a period of time. So, I mean, if that's a work on for this, maybe yeah, we're all about positive but, feedback here. But how how bad is feedback. it, like, you know, when you've got the pile there and you want that you want that T-shirt that's probably second from the bottom, and and the only way you're going to get it is by ruining the the folded washing. So yeah, you know, you try and pull it off real nice, and then you get it out, and then all of a sudden it's the wrong T-shirt. So you've got it out, and you're like, oh no, I've got the wrong T-shirt. So what do I got to do? I'll try and just scruffle up. Yeah, you know, scruffle it all in there like into an absolute <laughs> ball, put the folded washing on top so it's hidden underneath it, and then put it back. There is nothing worse. So, yeah, men out there will be able to agree with me here. I feel like I'm on my own journey here, Baz. You're giving me nothing. Liz is not listening. Liz I is was not just listening. on your <laughs> side. What do you mean I was giving you nothing? I was on your side. The other thing I tend to do, which is a bit kind of bad, like we own our own clothing business as well, which, so, and that kind of, we have clothes tucked away to the off to the side, you know, like in, in a different area. So sometimes it's like, well, if I can't be bothered going through the washing, I'll just go into the other room and pick out something <laughs> brand new and just pick it up. And this is like, you can't do that. I've got to put it in the inventory, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, okay. My can't be a fresh T-shirt, eh, brother? Yeah, or you just jump online and order something and it turns up a couple of days <laughs> later from one of, the, one of the places out there. <laughs> So give us a text, give us a text of double eight, double three for the jobs that just really, really irritate you. We want to hear from you. Give us a text on double eight, double three, and also send us the songs and double eight, double three, your lockdown list songs, because we really, we've got an absolute banger coming up, haven't we, Bazzy? Yeah, we do. And then we've got Trudy with the news for Kubota, where we're together, we are shaping and building New Zealand, but for now, we live like gypsies.
Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 8 o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Keep your correspondence coming through. We'd love to hear from you all throughout the morning. Double eight, double three. When you text us, you could win the temper bed for text of the month. So keep your texts coming through. Anything that picks your interest, piques your interest throughout the show, get in touch. Whether it's folding, washing, whether it's buying racehorses, whether it's rugby championship, or it might be you're a Leicester City fan and you're getting the sweats like Izzy Dag because you're down one nil to West Ham United in the Premier League right at the moment. Just on the rugby championship, boys, it looks like Australia's going to host it which is, I guess, good news for Southern Hemisphere rugby fans. It stays in our time zone. It's good news for Australia. So the New Zealand Herald is reporting that the All Blacks will play the third Bledisloe Cup test in Perth next Saturday before basing themselves in Queensland for the remainder of the championship, the rugby championship. So the Queensland government has... I guess taking their time here to work out whether they want the South African and Argentine bubbles coming to quarantine in Queensland. But by all accounts, they've got the go-ahead, so that's going ahead. And we'll see the rugby championship played up in the Sunshine State, which, yeah, is good news for Australia because there was a lot of angst here between New Zealand rugby and Rugby Australia, who was going to host it, why New Zealand didn't get on the original plane and go to Perth anyway. But it looks like a resolution is near how much tension it's created and how much of the relationship it's fractured in the process, I guess time will tell. Maybe that's a good one for Jim Kays to give us some light on uh, when he comes up shortly, Baz. Yeah, I'm looking forward to speaking to Jim, actually. And I think his uh, his take on, on all things rugby is uh, is certainly one to listen to, and he'll have some strong opinions, no doubt. Um, I, find it, I find it a fascinating subject, and Izzy, you're way more... Um, on the pulse uh, with with this topic, but the thing that that I find interesting is that Sam Whitelock has had to not intervene. I won't say intervene, but he's mm. had to go in and and sort of have a part to play in this whole thing. You would think that at the higher sort of board level, this would have been able to have been resolved, but it seems like there's a little bit of bad blood there, and and who knows where that where that will lead. But you tell me, is what um, what's your take on it? Well. <sighs> Well, players are the ones that go out there and do the job at the end of the day, so they've got to make the decisions there. But the thing is, with with the boards and, and you know Rugby Australia and, and the NZR, yeah, you know, they're running a business, so they they can only see the business side of things. They look, they're seeing the they're seeing the dollars, they're seeing the commercial, the stakeholders keeping everyone happy. You know, as rugby players, we just want to play rugby. We just want to go over there. We want to play rugby. We want to put that jersey on and represent our countries. And that's why Sam Whitlock, he is very good at that. He's bringing the peace. He is reaching out to the Australian players, because the Australian players are probably sitting there and haven't heard from any of the All Blacks players thinking the All Blacks players are arrogant. You know, who do they think they are? They're not bigger than anyone else. But the reality is, it's the, it's the fish heads at top. The guys at the top that are, that are doing these decisions, that are making these calls, that are putting, you know, pressure on, on the players. And so from the outside looking in, all you see is the players. You don't see the fish heads. So he's probably just bringing the peace to to the to the players, a uh, bit of understanding and, and and things like that. And this stems back to you got to think that this this fractured relationship stems back to last year when when New Zealand rugby post the COVID lockdown were going to go out on their own and they only they approached Australia and they said, look, we only want two two Australian teams in this competition. We we don't think it's fair if you guys bring six uh, teams to the competition. So that's where it all stems from. Um, you know the the kind of disrespect that they've shown. Rugby Australia, in that sense, when they've gone out and said, "Look, we don't want, 
you, you, you guys aren't good enough to bring six teams who only want two. So, look, it all stems from that. Look, common sense has prevailed. Hopefully we've got to, uh, an end to it. Well, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, Louis, but if it is in Queensland, look, common sense has prevailed. Uh, you know, they're going to go to Perth. They're going to keep that happy. They've got a 60,000-seater stadium sold over there, so the Australians will get their revenue from that take. And then, yeah, common sense. We could just move on, mate. Like, look at the Black Caps. They've just gone over and, and left without a fuss. Why can't we just go over there, play a rugby championship, and get on with it? Yep. Yep. I'm interested as well. Just I know we've got to get off to the air break shortly, and then we've got Jim Kay's coming up soon. But I'm, I'm interested with the Sam White lock thing. Do you think New Zealand rugby would have asked him to, to have made that call? Do you think he made it off his own back? Or do you think Players Association had, had some sort of intervention in there? Um, oh, it's interesting. Uh, look, I, I think even Foster probably would have had a call because, you know, Fozzie's representing his players, his team, and uh, obviously Fozzie's the link from, from the team to the NZR board and things like that. So I think Fozzie would have just taken on his own. And knowing Sam and the person he is, he probably went out on his own limbo and did it himself, mate, because that's just the champion bloke he is. He doesn't want any, uh, you know, riff between the two nations. You know, there's so much respect there. There's a history there that stems back for, for years, for, for years, you know, goes back a long time. So he doesn't want the riff there, and I think he's just one of those blokes that's blokes that just want to just get on with it. So maybe over the next couple of days, I'll reach out to Sam, get him on, and and chew the fat if the pl- if they will let us. Yizzy mm. Dag contact book comes to the fore again. Well, we know what the best way to to get the real oil out of the boys, and that's to not talk rugby at all. So we might have to talk some other subject. If we do get Sam Whitelock on, as we did Richie Mwanga at 7.38. Oh, that'll be morning. hard, mate. That'll be hard. He's just rugby. <laughs> He's rugby. He's a real rugby head, so that'll be hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure we can come up with something. You'll, you'll come up with something. You have a way of being able to get those around you to nice soften and relax and enjoy themselves. Is That's a real strength of yours, my friend. It's infectious. And we've got, after the break, we do have Jim Case, so... It'll be fascinating to get his read on all things All Blacks and the the uh, the way that that landscape has changed over the last few weeks in particular. But for now, we are going to shoot off for a quick break, pay some bills, come back shortly, 7.39 in the morning, Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. 16 minutes away from 8 o'clock, and if you've got thoughts on the All Blacks and Wallabies relationship, where it might have deteriorated and what the rugby championship will look like in the Sunshine State of Queensland, if that is actually confirmed shortly or today, give us a call on the Kenatai phone line 0800 150 811. But Izzy, it's time to look a bit more at this. Yep, 100%. We're very lucky to welcome in a man that needs no real introduction. While the line to throw a free punch at New Zealand rugby doesn't seem to be getting any shorter, at last it seems there's finally some clarity around the rugby championship and where it will be played. The New Zealand Herald this morning reporting the final test in the Bledisloe Cup will be played in Perth on September 4 before the All Blacks then depart for Queensland for the rest of the rugby championship after state government agreed to have the travelling South Africans and Argentinian teams quarantine there. Jim Kay is a long-serving, long-serving rugby journalist and editor of New Zealand Rugby World magazine. G'day Jim, how are you my mate? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. Yes, sense and sanity maybe prevailing, <laughs> peeking through the clouds. <laughs> What's going on mate? Why has it been so messy? 
Um, well, I think underlying it is the deep animosity between New Zealand and Australian rugby administrators and, and, and also the squabble mm. over Super Rugby, <clears throat> um, which, from what I've been told, has been pretty much sorted for quite a while, but there's been a big stoush between yeah. New Zealand and Australia over how much money uh, they respectively receive and the Aussies wanting more than the Kiwis wanted to give them. Uh, and then you go back to last year when there was a bit of a stoush last year as well, and Really, there's always been a bit of friction at an at a admin level between New Zealand and Australia, so that's not new. Uh, mate, I can think back to John O'Neill when old Rughead was there, and you know now you've got it, I guess, being played out more publicly uh, with Andy Marinos and also with um, Dave Rennie really happy to to express their frustrations or their anger at uh, at New Zealand rugby. So, you know, friction between the uh, between the two not new. Uh, but really being pu- publicly played out now. How, how do you think uh, they can really amend this relationship going forward? Because you can't carry on with this kind of uh, re- relationship carrying on like this. It's not a good look. No, it's not a good look. It's it's, it's an awful look. Um, but how do you fix it? Well, I guess you've just got to get on and start playing some rugby. Hopefully now that we've got what seems to be some certainty around the rugby championship with the test match to be played in Perth and then it ought to move to uh, to Brisbane. What happens on the field can can take precedence over these petty little squabbles uh, that are happening mm. in the boardrooms and, and, and hopefully we get on with that and, and then the, the, the Super Rugby is confirmed and we just, we just seem to get on with it, you know. There seems to be a lack of tolerance at the moment from either side, well, particularly, I think, from Australia, over uncertainty. But we live in very uncertain times, as we all know. This blimmin' COVID, I mean, it can upset anything, can't it? So I think, mm. you know, I actually think that what New Zealand did by pausing was the sensible thing to do. They had 50 people they were going yep. to be sending to Perth, and at the time they had no idea what they were going to be doing after that test match because nothing had been confirmed. I actually think it would have been negligent of the rugby union to send, send those people away not knowing what was yeah. going to happen afterwards. What were they expected to do? Roam through the, the Aussie outback? I mean, they did not have quarantine until November 23. So they said, pause. Now, the Aussies got upset and said, oh, we, weren't, we, we didn't know this was coming. I just don't believe that. They're, they're, proven, they're proven liars. Last year, Hamish McLean and the chairman said in September that Andy Mar- Marinos wasn't, wasn't even on their shortlist to get the CEO's position. Lo and behold, who's the CEO? Andy Marinos. So, you know, you, I just don't believe the, the version of events coming out of Australia. And if they didn't tell their wallabies what was happening, well, that's on them, not on, on New Zealand rugby. They should have got their house in order a bit better. Jim Bass here. Mate, who, who actually holds the cards here in terms of this whole negotiation? Who, who's the one who, who really gets to determine how this is going? Yeah, that's a good question, Baz. It's hard to know, isn't it? You know, I mean, certainly from a playing perspective, New Zealand have the have the upper hand at the moment because your blacks and, and the New Zealand teams have been dominant. Um, from a, a broadcasting perspective, it used to be South Africa. They, they used to be the most, you know, the, the dominant hand in, in broadcasting. Um, I think it's got to such a squabble sort of perspective that no one really holds the, the upper hand at all and, and, and it's become a bit of a, a school schoolyard spat. Um, so I guess they just need to, you know, as I say, if they can, if they can get through this rugby championship and get a, 
Super Rugby confirmed and underway next year, then hopefully things will sort themselves out a little bit better than what they are. Sansa is dead from a Super Rugby perspective. It's, it's not even an entity there really now. It's just an office. But certainly we want the Rugby Championship to continue because that's the other thing. And holy moly, Israel Dag knows this better than anyone. You need South <laughs> Africa. You know, the, the All Blacks need to play South Africa. Yeah, because that's the, that's the yep. team to test yourself against, isn't it, Izzy? You know? Um, and, 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 you know, so you need to have that relationship there. And, and, and we need the Aussies too. And they need us. And Argentina, you know, we want them to be better as well. Rugby is a very, very small game internationally. So we want as many teams as possible to be as good as possible uh, so that we've got, you know, a, a decent international game. And, and that's why you want Argentina in there as well. But, you know, I think that they all need to take half a step back look at around the table and go, well, we actually all need each other. We've got to stop this um, sort of petty uh, one-up on each other and just get on with it. Because the fans are turning off, you know, no no, no fan wants to see this. It's like watching your parents yeah. squabble. Actually, that's a really good point. That, that really leads on to my next question as well, Jim. So you say, from an All Blacks point of view, on the field, the performance, they hold the cards. South Africa from a, used to be from a broadcasting point of view. You've got to probably add South Africa in there from a performance point of view as well um but commercially the all blacks brand has been so strong for so long surely this stuff here is is damaging that it's eating away at that and in a sport which is only played by a certain amount of nations gee that's got to be cause for concern for long-term sustainability if you start eating away at that at the value of the all blacks brand surely yeah, I would think sustained defeats would do more to the All Blacks brand than than administrators squabbling. I do hear what you're saying. It doesn't look. It's not a good look. And if you're Adidas and Ineos and all these other companies who are involved, you'd be going, "Hey, sort yourself out and, and get your get your your house in order." Uh, but I think that for real damage to the brand, it would have to be sustained loss because the the key to the All Blacks brand is that you know eighty what is it eighty odd percent win rate. Um, yeah. Yeah, but you're you're right about South Africa too. You know, they're a very strong team, and and we're going to be playing this. <laughs> this is a tragedy from my perspective, and I'm sure it is from Izzy's as well. 100th Test match between New Zealand and South Africa is going to be played in Australia. I mean, that's just a tragedy, really. Mm. You know, if they found a way to get this thing to South Africa or back here to New Zealand, or even dare I say it to someone like Twickenham, it would have been better than playing the 100th Test match between New Zealand and Australia. In Brisbane, I guess there'll be a few Kiwis that turn up, and that'll be something. Yeah, no, you're right, mate. Uh, that's a big, big uh, game that's coming up, and 100 Test matches. Like, it's an amazing little bit of history that, that's been created by two nations. I played them many a times. It is a tough, tough match. So you're right. That would have been good to be here or in South Africa. Imagine a sold out stadium over in South Africa. I know they haven't got any sold out stadiums here at the moment, oh. mate, but. I want to ask you about this rugby championship. Can can it be successful over in, in Brisbane with uh, with the teams coming over? Can we expect a pretty successful tournament if it all goes ahead? Yeah, I think if they get into one city, Izzy, and, and they, they settle down and they and they get their quarantine out of the way and they stay in their bubbles and all of those sorts of things, then, yeah, I, I do think it can be successful. Uh, I don't know what sort of crowds will be allowed to turn up in Brisbane, um, but yeah. hopefully they do get some sort of a crowd along. Um, so yeah, I, I think it can be successful, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to New Zealand versus South Africa because it's hard to get a read on the box. You know, they played a pretty underwhelming mm. uh, Lions team who played pretty boring rugby. 
Um, and boy, oh boy, are they confident over there. Man, they think that they're, that, well, they are the world champions and they think that they're absolutely <laughs> the best in the world. So it's just going to be fantastic to see that. Hey, Izzy, just remind us of, you know, in Soweto, when Manoni made that break and you were on the outside of him and you scored that try, and you, you celebrated quite early, eh? You celebrated quite early, yes. and Mr. Thorne, Mr. Brad Thorne, he had a gentle word. What did he say to you? Oh, he said, don't ever celebrate before you put the ball down, Jim Cams. And, and, and you know what, Jim? Jim, we're going to wrap you right there, mate. It's time for you to get off on your, get off on your day into your lockdown and enjoy it, mate. So thank you so much for being with us today. You're an absolute champion, mate. Oh, there we oh. go. There's Jim Cams and some very, very good, insightful um, thoughts there on the All Blacks and the predicament that is world rugby right at this point in time. We're going to have to get off to a break here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. So on SCNZ, we're coming up to 8 o'clock, so we're coming up to the news with Trudy shortly. But good, strong opinion from Jim Kays there. Andrew Seabrook earlier on in the hour talking all things how to buy a horse, so a fast one at that. Jim Kays, Australian rugby, a proven liars, backed up with a great example. Fantastic. Coming up is Zoe McBride, who is a former elite athlete who's going to help shine the light on the physical and mental challenges that our, our, our athletes are facing. But for now, well, I'd love them at cafe, but hopefully soon we'll get one of those. Is In the meantime, it is coming up to eight. So it's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Kia ora and good morning. It is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It is Tuesday the 24th of August and we're just after 8am in the morning. We have a big hour to come. Strong hour. We've had two good hours. We've got another hour to come. We've got Zoe McBride coming up soon. She is the former elite rower and she's going to help shine the light on the physical and mental challenges that our athletes are facing in their respective codes. Uh, we've got plenty of other things to talk about too along, alongside the lockdown lists. What are the jobs you hate doing? Well, there's been a few which Izzy's brought up and, and I've also brought up. I just want to focus on one thing that was just, well, two things actually that was in Trudy's news bulletin there. One, the first one, there's a shortage of bread and meat now at the supermarkets after they've been sold out. Here's an idea. Open the bakers and the butchers and allow them to trade under level, <laughs> under level four. It's I'm a simple man is I'm a simple man, okay? Yeah. But if yeah, you have a, totally an big. issue and you have, so you don't have, say you've got butchers and bakers with a whole mm. raft of products and you have people who want those products, maybe connect the two. Pretty simple. Operate under strict measures, yep. allows thing, things to unfold. Boom, job done. Solve the problem, move on. Oof. Anyway, a little bit like the racing industry. No, no, I totally industry. agree, mate. I totally agree. Like these butchers out there, they can they can deliver a service, contactless deliveries, to people out of their homes. You know, there's, ah, oh, mate, it's yeah, it's irritating. I saw a photo actually the other day of a, of an old lady standing at at a at, at the meat uh, section, and then all the meat is gone. You know, everything's gone. So I don't understand with all these butchers they're talking about how they're losing thousands and thousands of dollars dollars of produce. You know, we should give our mate Chris Timms a call and let him vent on here. See what he's got yeah. to say. Like, absolutely. Like, I mean, the thing is, mate, a week ago, what were we told? Don't panic buy. Mm. Why? 
because we have plenty of products. We won't run out of nothing. <laughs> you know what? All those people who panic bought, I thought you were clowns. Now, now I'm the clown. Why? Because I didn't panic buy. Mm. And now there's no meat, there's no bread. Well, what do I like? I like meat and I like bread, preferably in the same sandwich with heaps of butter. The other thing that frustrates me, another frustrating aspect, and I, I don't know politics, right? I don't know, bugger all about politics. I'll put my hand up here. But the point that they made there, that you need scrutiny and accountability and Parliament's been suspended during this point in time. How can that happen? Surely you need to be challenged as leaders, otherwise you may as well just run a dictatorship. Well, I used to like being challenged. I used to like being challenged when I was a leader time. back in the day, and I, I certainly didn't have to lead a country. I'm not saying that's the same, but we were in a reasonable power, a reasonable position of power and leadership and responsibility as well. Let's get a couple of texts before we get off to Zoe McBride. Here's a couple. Hospitality industry is also essential. They let racing open, then they should let the bars and restaurants open. That's a $3 billion industry. Couldn't agree more if you can operate with contactless uh, stuff and you can allow deliveries out there for people. Mm. Why not? Get it happening. Make it work. And then here's another one. Bears, bears, bears. This may trouble you, but I wholeheartedly agree with your views on this. I like to think I'm a person who makes things happen, and it sickens me when I see leadership who fail to action this. Yep, COVID is a struggle, but we need to learn to live with it while turning the wheels of all industries in New Zealand. Damo. My nemesis, Damo, has given me a plug. <laughs> but then he's quickly back. He's, he's backflipped. P.S. That's enough buttering up the 3x3 basketball specialist, horse farmer. Keep up the good work. Oh, that's still a compliment too. Cheers, Damo. There we go. Positive signs from even Damo. It's been a hell of a day. We've got some compliments from Richard, from Brian. We've got some compliments from Damo. <laughs> She's on confused. Over to you, Iz. Got a good one here. Izzy sounds like he thinks home is like being on tour with people to hold his hand all day. Is that you, Daisy? Is that you, Daisy, texting in there? You sound like <laughs> my wife, Daisy. She's, Pick your towel up. You're not in the hotel now, Israel. Oh, don't get me started. Anyway, anyway, someone that uh, needs no real introduction. She's an absolute legend, mate, and I love what she was about on Sunday well, it's an absolute honour to welcome onto the Baz and Izzy for breakfast, a person who is most well known for things she's achieved on the water. And when I say achieved, she's achieved it all. Three golds and a silver at World Championships for rowing from 2015 to 19. Countless, countless more achievements, but that's not why we want to talk to Zoe. She is more than just an athlete. She is brave, she is courageous, and she is honest. I watched the Sunday programme and her honesty about the struggles she endured with mental health really hit a string with me. Thanks so much for joining us, jo uh, Zoe. How are you doing, my friend? Good morning. What an introduction. Um, yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Oh, we're good, we're good. Hey, I just want to uh, say thank you for your for your honesty on Sunday. Like, well, I was sitting there with, watching it with my family and it really hit home with me because I've, you know, been an ex-athlete, it kind of resonated me with me the struggles that you endured and um thank you so much for your honesty and bravery uh, speaking out i think it's a topic that we need to speak about more and i know you're very very passionate about it am i right yeah yeah absolutely and i mean sunday put together a a really cool program with some some really cool um other athletes which yeah helps drive home the story and the message but yeah i guess you know mental health is something that we all have and I think especially as an athlete 
in the past and we've expected to be these really, really tough, strong people. Um, and so to be able to show that vulnerable side is, is hard. And I guess my aim is to help those kids looking at us and those ones coming through the ranks know that it's okay to, to be able mm. to have those conversations. Can I ask just how, how you're doing? How you're doing at the moment and are you doing all good and doing okay? Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I really am. It was it was tough watching the Olympics, to be honest. There was yeah, yeah some different emotions that came up. Um, I guess that was the point when, when I made my decision, nothing had changed here in New Zealand. Everyone was still training. So then to see every everyone competing and to see that dream of mine not coming true was tough. But I know that I made the decision, like the right decision, um, and I'm happy and I'm healthy. Um, and managing all that really well. And I, I know I wouldn't have been in that position if I had tried to go to the Olympics. Hey, Zoe, it's Baz here. I was just um, I was wondering, I heard some some conversations the other day about the subject, and, and it sort of posed an mm. interesting question. Is So when people, like we're, we're encouraging people to, to speak up and and um, chat around, are you okay, is everything going on? What happens if someone's not? What what do you do from from a friend's point of view or a teammate's point of view if someone says no I'm not, and you don't necessarily have yeah. the skills to be able to then work with it? What what do you do? I think a really big thing is you know getting support around that person, and you need your friends, you need your family there, but then you need to be able to help that person find someone that they can talk to in a professional sense as well. Um, and yeah, I think a really big thing is is just letting that person know that you're there for them when they need them and they can come to you. Um, and then, yeah, finding someone, whether it's within the system, the high-performance system, whether it's outside of the high-performance system. Like, yeah, there's so many amazing people out there um, who can help us, and I think it's really supporting that person um, because it can be hard to do it by yourself. Do you, do you think the current environments have enough of those um, professional people in those positions? We have a lot of other coaches, um, mm. a lot of high-performance coaches for various skills within our industries, but do we have enough uh, trained experts in the mental health side of industries? I think it is definitely, you know, there is so many, there's so many, there's such a lack of mental health um, support, I guess, at times, and it can be so hard to access, be at times because of the wait lists, um, especially in the general public system. So I think a really big thing is to be able to help that conversation before it gets to that point as well, because, you know, even within the high performance system, we've got sports psychologists, but so much of that was around your sporting performance rather than your mental health. Um, and so, mm. yeah, I think there is one, a need for, yeah, more mental health work because I think especially as we open up these conversations more and more, um, everyone can benefit from going to see someone, you know, third party um, individual that they can just talk to. So yeah, it's I guess it's making a plan of how those can be more available and then how can we help people so they don't get to that point as well where they desperately need the help. I was um, watching the show on Sunday and, and something that really hit home was the things that you used to do to, to be at a an elite, uh, you know, have your body at an elite performing um, you know, level, you know, like the, your, mm. your things you went through to lose weight, 
um, you know, the things that you put your body through back then that was probably looked at as normal. Am I right? Is that the things yeah. like you lost a lot of weight? And, and it hit home for me because I know when I was playing, I did some absolutely disgusting things to my body to feel like I had to be this certain weight to be a professional athlete. And, yeah, like you really, yeah, it was it was a tough conversation. I don't know where I'm going with this question, but I'd just <laughs> like to thank you for your honesty because I think you'll help a lot of people out there that are probably going through these struggles. They feel like they have to be something that they're not. Am I, am I right? Yeah, and I think in a lot of our minds we have this perception of how we should look as an athlete. You know, mm. you see those photos and you see the ideal body of an elite athlete at times and that can be what we strive towards rather than, I guess, focusing on being strong and being able to perform. And a lot of the time, for most people, being really lean and look, yeah, like looking like your cliche athlete isn't actually you at your best performance and you're at your strongest and you yeah able to perform to the best of your ability um and mm. so i think yeah i think some of those conversations are starting to change as well which is really cool but yeah there's definitely that perception that we put in our minds which can yeah just create really really unhealthy um yeah i guess behaviors trying to get our bodies to a state that isn't necessarily healthy for it Hey, Zoe, in another one of my jobs, I'm a coach, and I find it fascinating and quite a difficult thing. A lot of the teams, we don't have the resource of, to be able to help um, people from a mental health point of view. And, and so how, what can you do to be able to, say you're on, on tour, you're on the road, um, and you're in charge of, of uh, a team and someone is struck down with, with some mental health um, problems or... or uh, downs at that time like how what can you do to be able to try and get them through it as a matter of just trying to get them through it you take their mind away from performance and just focus on them like help me out here what <laughs> what are some of the things yeah. that, that we can sort of do to to help these people yeah i guess the first one is you know if we can have conversations about it and see what that person needs um and then i guess a really big thing is focusing on that person because often as athletes competitors we can get so caught up in um yeah like who we are as the athlete or the performance and i think um like what can you do for that person that makes them feel a bit better every single day um is that you know going out with them for a little bit for a walk or is that getting them involved in um is that having like an extra a team session or a stretching session or just something that's getting them around people um and kind of focusing on them and their connections um because i think especially yeah when we're away and we don't have the same resources like humans are people um you know we love to connect and our lives are built around our relationships and so i think if we can strengthen those relationships and just keep those connections and then, and then the people around them like letting that person know that they're there for them and they love being with them for them rather than being with them as the athlete as well I think it's yeah knowing that you're more than the athlete um and being reminded of that I love that I love that you are more than than just an athlete you are a brother you are a husband you're a mother you are more than just mm. an athlete and that kind of saying helped me throughout my career because I found a time where I thought I was just Israel Dag, the rugby player and you probably mm. thought you were just Zoe McBride the, the rower so 
Thank you so yeah. much for your honesty and being on our show. Just for you go, what are you up to these days and what do you do with your time? I know you're into your, your yoga, but what else are you up to? I am. Um, and I'm actually, I'm doing a bit of, I'm starting to get into like a little bit of mentorship with younger athletes because I really want to work with them around that um, whole nice. side of who they are as a person and then thinking of, yeah, doing some more study next year as well um, and counselling to, yeah, further my ability to work with people. Because, yeah, I guess wow. the way I see it is everything I've gone through, I think, was meant to happen so I can get here to be in a place where I'll talk about it and help people. So, yeah, that's that's where I want to go. Awesome, mate. Zoe, thank you so much, mate. We love championing our champions and your honesty and bravery and your what you're doing for younger people out in the public, not even just athletes, just normal, you know, everyday Kiwis out there. We, we commend you on your bravery. So thank you so much for, for being on our show. We we look forward to catching up very soon. Enjoy the rest of your Definitely. day. Thanks, Zoe. Cool, you too. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Zoe. Awesome, awesome. There you go, Bears. Oh, great. Fascinating chatters, and I know it's a subject really close to your heart as well, and, yeah, I think we've, we've discussed many times on the show and we'll continue to do so that, you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll acknowledge and the struggles that people are under, and we'll try and do whatever we can to help as well. So we know we'll put up that line later on if anyone is out there struggling as well that you can call. We're going to get to uh, Pumwati after the after the break, but we're, for now it's twenty minutes. Well, coming up twenty minutes past eight in the morning on Baz Nizzi for breakfast. Big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, always here for you. You are indeed, and it was great to hear from Zoe McBride. If you only caught part of that interview or you wanted the whole thing, remember you can go to SENZ, our app, and you can find all our interviews. Uh, Andrew Seabrook today, Jim Kays. Go back and find Warney. That has been very popular. I've got the metrics on that, and people have been loving the Shane Warne chat as a podcast. All of it is up there. Give us a call on 0800 150 811, the Kennard's Half phone line. We'd love to hear from you before the end of the show. We also love to hear from this man every week. It's time for a TAB Live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. And Paul Mawati, I must say, you've got me hook, line and sinker with these bonus back offers in uh, lockdown yesterday. I was into it. Then I was actually even into, who was it? Alicia Collett up at Bathurst, the hot jock. I mean, what a sucker, right? She had three rides at Bathurst uh, and she finished fourth, fourth and first. So I know uh, you got your <laughs> you got your bonus back for the first two races and you won uh, on the her last ride of the day in race four, I think it was. So it wasn't too bad. And um, we've got another racing bonus back promotion today. This time at the Ballarat Synthetic Track. Uh, once again, just place a fixed odds win bet, uh, and if you run a finish your second, third, or fourth. We'll give you your money back up to $30 as a bonus bet. Just visit the tab.co.nz and head to the Punters Lounge and you can find all the T's and C's there. Um, and we're just working on what we're going to do for the rest of the week uh, later this morning. So I'll have plenty more um, tomorrow when we speak. But I was listening to Izzy and Baz earlier and I've got a side with Izzy here. He backed the Broncos. Um, it, it doesn't mean... He doesn't like the Warriors. He just looked at that game and he thought the most likely outcome was a Broncos victory. So when you when you bet, you bet with your head. And when you support, you support with your heart. And just because you're back against your team doesn't mean you don't support them. So well, I take my hat off to Izzy there.
Hang on, Thank hang you, on, Paul Moati. <laughs> Thank you, Paul, my champion, mate. You want to you want a place whoa, to stay whoa, when you come whoa. down for your golf trip, mate? You're more than welcome to come to my house, brother. Oh, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. Hang on a minute. So you're saying yeah. the most likely outcome, yet the odds, the TAB odds, didn't reflect that being the most likely outcome, Mr. Moati. Yeah. And so what's I'll happening? I'll give you the tip. We don't always get it right here, so but does he pick that one out? <laughs> you should get into politics too, Paul. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> Baz, if you're going to have a bet, you, you've got to take your Warriors jersey off, your Warriors socks off, your Warriors undies off, and just look at it as purely as a neutral uh, from a standpoint of view. So, uh, no, is he? He got that one right. I got what it right, say, mate. Brother? But then Manchester United stuffed me. Ah! <laughs> what do they say? <laughs> I'd rather die standing well. than living on my knees. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> how are you doing anyway, Paulie? How are you doing, Paulie? You all good through lockdown, brother? Yeah, yeah. Just um, at home. Just uh, it's, it's like a Groundhog Day, I guess. Um, get up, turn the computer on, uh, talk to you guys, and hope, hopefully make a few dollars during the day. <laughs> We haven't written any so songs deflated, for a while, so you can't be that busy. Uh, I've got one for you. Oh, yeah, yes. come on then. Come on. Have we, okay, this one's, this one's dedicated to all the athletes, uh, New Zealand athletes who were at the Big O over in Tokyo, uh, and in particular uh, the female athletes who were absolutely superb. Here we go. Kiwi woman, they are bold. They got medals made of gold Cause they paddle and roll faster than anyone Lisa Carrington and the Twig I was so happy I danced a jig Cause they were crowned champions in the land of the rising sun Whoa, Kiwi women are the best With that silver fern on their chest They are strong they are invincible. They're Kiwi women. Hey, boys. Ah, oh, yes, yeah. What a champion. Uh, That's what we love, Pumwati. Oh, mate, good Brilliant work. from you, Pumwati. So I tell you, you can, you can sing with... We've got to put some music in behind that, Louis. Can we cut that up and do those fancy things? Yeah, we'll get in we'll the lab. Some sort of little... Yeah, get in the lab. Yeah, that's right. Oh, thanks for joining us, Paul. Outstanding, as always. Brilliant. That was a little... All right. Thank you, mate. How good was that, eh? Anyway, that was TAB. Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. Paul Moata, he never ceases to entertain us. Here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's coming up 8.30 in the morning, which means it's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 8 o'clock. And the Ken Artai phone line is 0800 150 811. And I feel like I'm not enticing you to call enough. So how about this? You could be our caller of the week and win... One W821S 21-inch self-propelled walk-behind mower valued at over $2.1,000 plus GST. 
Just be a part of SCNZ by calling 0800 150 811. All thanks to Kubota on SCNZ. They treat us well, Kubota. So let us treat you well. Give us a call. What do you think about all of the topics today, today, but in particular, I'm really curious to hear about the Wallabies, well, the Rugby Australia versus the All Blacks kind of riff. Jim Case was brilliant on that. Where do you sit? You people know, you guys know rugby better than any of us. We're Kiwis. We've seen here, we've had a pretty much a front row seat to it all. What do you think? Where did the relationship go wrong? And um, how does it get better, I guess, is the poignant question, because we're going to have to deal with them. They are our neighbours, so give us a call on the Kennards Hire phone line. Just a couple of quick sporting sporting uh, updates. 160 for five is Pakistan in their second innings. We've just seen a wicket here. Oh, that is plum. So Jason Holder gets another wicket. They lead by over 300, and the Windies, they look shaky with the bat in hand. That is Fahim gone. Baba Azam still at the crease, 28 off 30. And West Ham, well, they've gone 2-0 up in their Premier League. 2-1 up, I should say, 71 minutes through their Leicester game against Leicester City. Quickly, lads, I just wanted to, off the back of that chat with Zoe McBride, fascinating, Former Olympic rower Eric Murray and then cyclist Eddie Dawkins, they're calling for this independent inquiry into cycling to be as wide as possible, hoping that they can bring lasting change to high-performance sport. So this obviously comes off the back of the sad death of Olivia Podmore earlier this month. Um, She outlined the demands of high-performance sport before she sadly passed away. Cycling New Zealand and High Performance Sport New Zealand have announced an independent inquiry into the report, and Eric Murray says we need to look at the cost of success. We can put numbers and figures on what all our medals cost at Olympic Games, but that is only financial cost in terms of success. Where do we find the balance between success, athlete well-being, and participation? Maybe the review needs to look at those questions from individuals and organisations. Um, I think that's a, those are a really great points from Eric and. And it will be an interesting one to follow. And, and Cycling New Zealand, High Performance Sport New Zealand have a big job to do with that uh, inquiry and independent inquiry at that. So we'll be watching that. And just, just some numbers, if you're not feeling well, 0800 942 942-887 It's WhatsApp and 0800 54 is Lifeline. Always please do ask for help. It's an important, important topic. So thank you, Izzy, for leading that chat with Zoe this morning. No worries, mate. Yeah, that's that's very important. So if you are, there is options out there if you need anyone to talk to, or just reach out to your friends. You know, people want to help. People, you know, your friends might not understand. You know, that I heard with Olivia Podmore, someone was hanging out with her two days earlier, didn't even know she was struggling. So just please reach out, speak about it, open up, and share your feelings. Because as blokes, especially Kiwi blokes, we're so stubborn. We never want to show weakness. But speaking out is not weakness. It is actually strength. So. Reach out if you are not feeling too well. And there'll be a lot of people in this lockdown that are probably not feeling too great. So reach out, please. Spot on is, mate, we've got a, uh, on the back of Louis, asking for a few callers on our Kennard's High phone line. We've got Ooh. one, Grant, from Melbourne. Wants to chat to us about the Rugby Championship. Good morning, Grant. Good morning, Cousins. How are you? Good. Good, Cousins. How are you, What do you got? You got some Rugby yeah. Championship chat. Oh, you know, it's uh, going to Perth, I suppose, to believe it. Uh, I don't know who they're going to get for a crowd, so no one can go over there. The state's locked down. Why is that? Get the people that oh, is it locked down in Perth? Uh, oh, we, I can't go from Melbourne. I can't go to Queensland from Melbourne. So, uh, nah, heaps of Kiwis in Perth, bro. All my family live there. 
I'm, I'm sure they <laughs> all the. I think they sold out. I saw, saw I think sixty thousand tickets they sold in Perth, mate. Right? Yeah, I don't know how many of those were sort of were bought before the lockdown, though. Like, you know. Oh, so true. They may be able to sell it you know, locally, yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, you know, could have gone from Melbourne, but what? not allowed even worry, you know. You know, like what's uh, the housing uh, going in Melbourne? Relationship. What's that, bro? How's things yeah, going in Melbourne, mate? All good? Uh, look, <laughs> we're on our sixth lockdown, bro. <laughs> uh. You know, but I'm, uh, I'm in the I got own transport business. I'm uh, essential service, bro, so it doesn't sort of worry me. But, uh, you know, I'll keep going. Mate, you're in, you're you know, in AFL country. Who's your AFL team over there? Piss off, bro. I don't support that shit. <laughs> I was just uh, fair enough, brother. Awesome. Love the honesty. Hachi will love that. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, follow the warriors with this. I mean, dead, but yeah, storm sort of thing, you know. It's our local guys. Oh, good man. Well, Grant, it's, it's early in the morning over there, so we appreciate your call on here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast as well. Drive safe. And uh, let's hope that the Aussies get the opportunity to enjoy that rugby over there as well. So thanks for the call, mate. Yeah, I've got thing going. Wow. Later. <laughs> Here's Grant. Later, later. <laughs> there we go. Is that when we're meant to use that dump button? Well, I think we're meant to use that at some stage. Maybe that was the time. Joe, Joe, that's when you <laughs> could really shine, you know. I thought about yeah. it, but I didn't want to, like, Louie, Louie tells me what to do, you know. I, I, I think that's fine. I think he's okay. Do you see what he's done oh, there? Shifted the blame yeah. beautifully. <laughs> Mate, I tell you, we're all politicians this morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Uh, before we get off to this break, I'm going to read this call, this text. Gee whiz, Baz's been on the radio a couple of weeks now. He thinks he's Mike Hosking. <laughs> no. No, I don't think I'm Mike Hosking. The thing is, I said... I said I don't know bugger all about politics, but what I am is a problem solver. And to me, if you've got no meat and no bread and your butchers are closed and your bakers are closed, connect the two, problem solved. They are my self-indulgent pleasures. You had the racing industry to it, and I'm a happy man. I make my own beer, so everything else is taken care of. But don't tell us two weeks ago, don't tell us two weeks ago not to panic buy and then tell us two weeks later that we're all out. We're all out of meat and bread. You're kidding me. Anyway, it is 8.40 in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to that, Texer. Brilliant. And we're off to a break. <laughs> oh, she's We're off to a break. We're coming back. We've got Smitty coming up soon. It is 15 minutes away from 9 o'clock when Ian Smith takes over and I cannot wait to hear Smithy's reckons for another morning today. Before we get out of here, though, there was an interesting story that I picked up in the BBC this morning, lads, about Beefy Botham. Ian Botham, he loves his wine. I'm pretty sure he might even have a, a label. I've seen an interview of him doing that before. Um, and, and he's actually part of a trade envoy to Australia with the British government, Baz. Yep. Yeah, he is, and he'll be... That'd be pretty good fun down there, I reckon. I actually had the opportunity to go. It's probably a reasonable disclaimer, actually, for my rants over the, over the last couple of hours. I had the opportunity to go <laughs> with our former Prime Minister, John Key, as part of his delegation to India, where they were negotiating. The, he was negotiating the free trade agreement between New Zealand and India, which is still pending. Um, but I was part of his delegation, which was pretty cool, actually. So we were over there for about... 
uh, five days or so. In Air Force One, New Zealand Air Force One, we broke down the plane on the way over to uh, to India. We had to stop in Alice Springs, I think it was, which which was which was actually great. It was a good opportunity to spend plenty of time with the PM and and all the people who were making our country tick in those days. And it was really cool. I sort of met some uh, a lot of New Zealand businesses uh, who are doing doing business over there in India. A lot of their people were able to go on that um, flight and and try and um, extend the, the reach that they currently had and obviously try and improve a lot of their businesses, keeping in mind that they all, I guess, pay tax back in New Zealand as well. So it was a good, um, it was a pretty good week, actually. I really enjoyed myself. There was no golf or anything like that. I had to tie a tie far too many times for someone like me who's come from South Indian where I had done one tie up for the entire year and just would slip it over my head most other days. But that was it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was a fish out of water when it comes to the political stuff, but I didn't have to dive into that, so that was fine. But that's probably a little disclaimer for some of my rants today. There you go. Did Mike there go? You go? I don't know, mate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he wasn't. He certainly wasn't up the front of the plane, my friend. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Crikey, but Ian uh, Bowden would be text? good on that trip down there. Well, here we go. Read out the sorry, text. Sorry, so, sorry, no, just, it's a good one, actually. It'll be for Louis. Good morning, boys. Another great entertaining morning. I was wondering if there's any thought on having a Sunday Arvo harness program like the Saturday Good All. It's a great day from the SENZ team. has brought back life to radio. Congratulations, Dave Karaka. What are your thoughts there, Louis? Sunday. I don't know about specific details, but I think Dave and Karaka will be pleasantly surprised. And we're, um, what I will say is SCNZ, we're definitely not leaving the other codes behind. And harness racing is very important to New Zealand. Therefore, it's very important to SCNZ. So, Dave, keep your eyes yep. peeled and your ears tuned. And you might be pleasantly surprised. But, um, yeah, we love the other codes and appreciate that you're enjoying the racing coverage and content we do we do racing is important and Baz I think at the heart of your rant your initial rant was very well look you're coming from a really great place you love racing it's a passion and you want to see the good people rewarded and and I think we all appreciated that well you didn't at the time you argued it well I still I still I still don't (laughs) agree with what you I still don't agree with parts of it but I agree with what your sentiment is you know like what bit what bit what bit don't you agree with uh, <laughs> and you're allowed to you're allowed to disagree. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm okay with disagreeing. I'm more than aware of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, I just think, in a sense, like I agree that we should all be trying to get racing back. But I also think there are many other. It's not as easy as saying, okay, racing comes back. I just think there are so many different industries that are all sitting there crying out for the exact same thing. So one for all, try and try and find a wider, broader solution. And I just wanted to make the point that so for NZTR, it wasn't as easy as going government give us our racing back because then every other industry in the world. So your sentiment is what I agreed with, but just some of the nuance of it, I just didn't think it was entirely possible. Okay. It's 8 49 in the morning. We've got Smitty coming up soon on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing what he thinks about the bakers and the butchers being shut down and a vast, vast emptying of the shelves at the supermarkets. 10 to 9, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, SENZ. Nearly time for us to pass the torch to Smithy, so let's do it. Let's sleep on it. Thanks to Temper, they've got mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. 
Yesterday it was all about Paul Cole, Baz. It was, and we asked Smitty, the voice of sport in New Zealand, where Paul Cole's British Open victory ranked among our top 25 sporting successes of the last 25 years. Smitty, you got a chance to... Well, you, you were pretty pretty keen on an answer straight away, weren't you? Well, I was. Uh, you know, that was yesterday, and it had only happened like three or four hours ago. And in this country, we tend to be a bit knee-jerky. We get all gushy about things that have just happened, and they're always the best things it ever did. So it's good that you gave me uh, 24 hours to actually sleep on it. Uh, but as it's still for me, uh, it's, it's still for me in the top 10. Uh, I, I can't really give it a number, uh, but in the top 10 sporting achievements because uh, it, it's it's such a hard thing to do. I mean, that, that is an Egyptian dynasty he's broken down. Mm. You know, you just Google top 10 rankings in men's world squash and just see where they all come from, and all of a sudden there's this bloke from Greymouth, you know, who, who couldn't even play squash in Greymouth because they didn't have the facilities, so he had to leave town to do it. It was that goddamn determined. I mean, it's a great story, um, and, you know, someone will, might even write a book about it or a, a, a Netflix movie or something because that's the kind of thing it deserves. Uh, we wouldn't know what kind of sacrifices he's made along the way. You, you can only ask. But the things that, you know, that uh, we as team players, when we've been on tour, we've always got a mate down the corridor or someone like that we can go and have a beer with or a chat with or, you know, if things aren't going too well. But this, this guy's done it all by himself. For that reason, mate, hugely, hugely highly rated, top 10 of, of all time. Matt, I know you spoke to his mum, Smithy. How proud was she yesterday on that phone call, bud? Oh, well, we thought we were speaking to mum, and then we got the double act. We got dad as well, so um, they, they chimed in. It was, it was, it was just brilliant. Mum, mum was uh, absolutely gushingly proud. Just You could just feel she wanted to hug her, hus uh, hug her husband. Well, she probably did hug her husband, hug her son through the phone line, you know, um, and just reach out and, and, you know, because they would have been there. They had their tickets booked and everything, you know, that... Um, they kind of sensed this might be a special time, so they were all set to go. But like uh, so many people around the world, they were uh, prevented from doing it. So really, really frustration, uh, frustrating, but a great family story as well of, of support and commitment. So, yeah, typical good old Kiwi stuff, is he? Good old Kiwi stuff. Nice. Nice, mate. Fantastic. Smitty, just uh, I thought all throughout the show I've been thinking of you actually about this because I've, Turks are shut down. The racing industry shut down. Yep. Now they're telling us that we're short on on bread and short on meat. We've got the butchers are shut down, the bakers are shut down. What 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 else shuts down? <laughs> what opens is an easier <laughs> answer, to be fair. <laughs> uh, my, my mouth opens. I'm aghast at this <laughs> panic buying. Have we not been through this before? You know, we know we've got uh, till this Friday to, to, to stay in jail as such, and, and we know, you know, what, <laughs> we've got nothing else to do. Nothing else to do but work out the, the food and dietary requirements uh, to the end of the week. Um, you know, it's probably a family game or whatever, your turn. But here's the thing. You know, just go and You can go to the supermarket every day. It's an outing. But don't go and buy everything out and be a selfish. That's straight out greed and selfishness and panic. By You're right. A bunch of You're nuns. right. Yeah. But yeah. But now they're telling us, now they're telling us, so now the panic buyers are the smart ones because now they're telling us we're running out of bread and running out of meat. Really? Oh, well, we know where yeah. we can get some cattle, don't we? Just look out Izzy's window. <laughs> we're, we're okay. <laughs> 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 
Be nice, she said. Be nice, she said. I've got an idea. Why don't we all just pull, we'll pull everything. We'll pull all the money, all the land, all the beer, all the bread, all the meat, and we'll just move into one big neighbourhood and we can broadcast from there, S-E-N-Z. There we go. I'm keen. <laughs> love it. Right. I love right, it. Right, we're going to go. David, have a good show. Smitty. David Wake. Thanks, David <laughs> Waco tried David Waco tried that in Texas. Didn't work out too well, Baz. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. It's time for us to get out of here. Thanks to, thanks to everyone. Thanks to all of our guests today. Andrew Seabrook, Zoe McBride, Jim Case. Thanks to all of our team as well. To Louie, to, jo- to Trudy, to Kieran, to Joe. From all of us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Kaki Tiano. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.